everyone, welcome back to the Earth on Survival Guide, the podcast for all disciplines, paths, players, game masters, and questers that are Josh and Dan. I am Dan. I am Josh. And on today's podcast, we will be discussing all things academical, because we are going to talk about the path of the scholar. Don't shake your head at me, it's the best I can come up with. <laughs> I don't have anything better, but man. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't make my idea good, I know how that works. Uh, anyway, if you have any questions for us about anything we've talked about in the past or would like to talk, would like us to talk about in the future or what we're going to talk about tonight, uh, feel free to email us at edsgpodcast at gmail.com and off we go talking about the scholar. So this used to be the dwarven racial discipline of traveled scholar. But I think yes. that you know, got modified from, from that 10 circles to this one here. And it, that one kind of felt to me like almost the dwarven version of a journeyman, which is, yeah, you can learn about anything you want. So just kind of fill in your, your talents as you go. Not necessarily yeah. that way. It wasn't like pick and choose, but it kind of ran the gamut. There's a little bit of a weakness, I feel, in the traveled scholar discipline from first edition. And that was that it was very strongly associated with a particular culture, that being the Throlic culture of dwarves yeah. mm -hmm. and the large amount of learning and focus of scholarship exemplified perhaps in the Great Library, but in Throlic culture as a whole, which is in Earthdawn very heavily dwarf in nature, mm -hmm. but I don't think that it is something that really exemplifies dwarfiness the way that, say, the tail dancer would be for Tuscrang. Agreed. Right? Because there are folks at the Great Library. There are scribes and apprentices and so forth at the Great Library who are not dwarves, but would potentially be steeped within that culture that would be able to conceivably follow that discipline, assuming that they had the appropriate capability to be an adept and, and the mindset to be it. I think even in third edition, mm -hmm. the racial restriction for the traveled scholar was lifted yeah. I don't remember there was made dwarf and human or just anybody could follow it, but the racial restriction was yeah. lifted. Again, several of the other disciplines mm -hmm. within that old framework, updating them to paths allowed us to really focus in on what it was about and make it something that was useful as an adjunct to a discipline rather than trying to make a cohesive stands on its own discipline in its own right in much the same way that the horror stalker works really well as a supplement to an existing discipline to get access to some yes. neat powers and to have a particular yes. philosophy without feeling the need oh we've got to make this something that is viable and usable from the beginning the traveled scholar, the, the scholar as a discipline kind of then feels like it needs to have a bunch of stuff merely to be workable. But what is it that differentiates a scholar from a troubadour? And that is part of what the essay of the scholar in the yes. Mystic Paths book talks about. 
while it is very common for troubadours, a lot of the followers of this path are troubadours, mm-hmm. although wizards are also represented and, and weaponsmiths so occasionally. Yeah. There is no need to build it up as a as a standalone discipline. Like it works really well as as an add-on, as an adjunct to something that is already in play. So I did I I loved the essay because it explained things nicely as far as this is what we do. We take it seriously. And my favorite line out of the entire thing was to be mistaken is to be mortal. As in, they know they're not perfect. They know they're not, they're, they're being, they're striving for perfection, which is also, they know a horizon they will never reach. But that's the point is the scholar rewritten for fourth edition is to gather as much truth as possible, present it, have it peer reviewed uh, and to make sure that this is absolutely ironclad as much as we know of the truth as possible before they disseminate it to the public. Yeah, this is one place where the scholar path, and this is talked about in the essay, is kind of differentiated from the traditional troubadour of yes. Bar Save. The troubadour is not necessarily concerned with what we would consider academic study. It is much more of a, for the most part, uh, oral history and legend and myth and mixing of the creative Mm -hmm. with the factual, that those traditions are much more exemplified by the sort of traditional troubadour, and that there is much less of a modern day scientific approach, a more skeptically minded, rigorous approach to determine the actual truth of things. And the scholar as a path makes a lot of sense sort of within that cultural framework of scholarship and libraries and still in many ways quintessentially throlic or dwarven in its outlook. But Mm -hmm. anybody who is taking that approach to knowledge and information People who are in academia or who have gotten postgrad degrees and things like that probably will find things that are very familiar in some regards <laughs> to the scholar because there is a lot of that kind of inspiration that is drawn from to develop their path, culture, and ideas and backgrounds to really yeah. stand as a contrast to the troubadour. Yeah, I think. The troubadour to me sound feels to me. This is the differentiation I can make to give you an analogy. Uh, the troubadour to me sounds like the songwriter or the storyteller or the legend teller of, like, say, John Henry versus the Machine. And the fourth the fourth edition scholar is this is the investigative journalist who's going to write a nonfiction book with a bibliography in the back of it. Yes. And here's my re- here's my references and my source material. Here's where I collated everything together. This is my dissertation. Here's my published novel, or not, not novel, here's my published book. Go read the nonfiction. Right. Again, I talked about how it is not uncommon for a scholar to have troubadour as their primary discipline. But exactly. they are a troubadour who is less likely to be emphasizing the performance themed aspects of their discipline and be more interested in, well, yes, I, we know these legends and these stories, but what is the truth behind them? Just knowing the tale of purifier 
when it comes time to learn the key knowledges, you know, you can't just rely on this lyric poem from six <laughs> centuries ago to give you the information. You need to actually know the truth yeah. of what's going on in order to be able to unlock that magic. Mm-hmm. So there is a very researched and scientifically minded or academically minded approach to information, which is not necessarily in theme completely with default earthed on tone. Yeah. But is something that would be very familiar as an archetype for those of us who are playing it. If you want to talk about inspirations or places that you could perhaps draw some ideas for the scholar as a path and how it might fit into other disciplines, Indiana Jones. If you take a sort of thief scholar, Atomic Robo, a fantastic comic built on the idea of action science. Mm -hmm. If you are not familiar with that comic, it is amazing. It is about a robot that was built by Nikola Tesla and is sort of atomic powered and is still alive in the present day and does like weird science and pulp adventure action two-fisted science with a capital S and an exclamation point. Yes. There was a fate-based RPG based on it that has one of the best (laughs) kind of systems for solving problems where basically people make tests and the players can then just sort of like make up what facts they need in order to solve the problem situation. Doc Brown, like crazy, weird science, strange things. Uh, The librarians from the TV show of the same name from a few years back. From TNT, yeah. There are similar characters. You don't see them a lot in fantasy, but in modern day sci-fi shows Mm -hmm. from Stargate. Daniel, I think, was the character's name, the the like scientist guy in the original movie played by James Spader, but played by somebody else in the TV series who is the scholar, but is also like knows the stuff, but is also going out into the field. Like that's the aspect of the scholar that I think is key if you're going to be playing it as part of your character in a game. And that is that they are not just stuck. Like you will have scholars, I think, that probably spend most of their time in the library. But then you've Mm -hmm. got the field researchers that go out. Folks like Diane Fossey. Oh, yeah. uh, Jane Goodall. Researchers actually going out into the field and doing the work stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say Henry, I was going to say Indiana Jones's dad from the last crusade or Henry yeah, I, you know, Jones, Jones senior. Exactly. You had like nine more pop cultural references than I did. It is an archetype that sort of exists within our sort of pop cultural milieu. Yeah. But is not something that necessarily shows up in traditional sword and sorcery type high fantasy. And I think the yeah. scholar path kind of gives us the opportunity to do that. Giles from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, another oh. kind of scholar archetype. I mean, you find them all over the place if you look for them. Yes. Once you, once you, once you see them, you can't unsee them. Right. And I'm sure we will get emails with On more examples of Please that sort of thing. send us to them so we can disseminate them on the next podcast. Because here's the thing. I think in the in the first edition, having just a scholar be a pat, be a discipline was a little harder to have in your gaming group because of all the combat, because a scholar wouldn't necessarily be good at it. And now that it's a path, 
it's just an add-on to whatever discipline you're already playing. And so it might be a little bit easier yes. to survive. Right. <laughs> whatever combat you come across. Yeah. Actually, let me grab this here real quickly. I want to take a look because I haven't actually. You're going back to first while. edition? I'm going back to the first edition, Denizen's volume two. Nice. Traveled scholar in first edition. So again, this is does not have any kind of options. Read write language, read write magic, weapon history, which is the weaponsmith version of item history, which only allowed them yeah, to yeah, do yeah. it with weapons and stuff. Melee weapons. Mm-hmm. It was not a disciplined talent, so they couldn't spend karma on it, but it's their basic yeah. fighting ability. And Steel Thought, which in first edition gave them mystic armor. Mm-hmm. They had middling durability. They had 6-5 durability, which is sort of equivalent to Archer, I think also got 6-5. Weaponsmith, right. I think, got 6-5 S- as well. Scout does. Scout does. Scout does Scout. as well, yeah. yeah. They get item history. So they get both weapon history and item history. That's kind of redundant to a certain extent because item history does everything that weapon history can as well. Yep. So that felt kind of redundant. It does allow them a little bit more flexibility in terms of what they can do. Speak language, astral sight, book memory, book recall, thread weaving, empathic sense, evidence analysis, avoid blow, engaging. So they get a smattering of wizard and troubadour and weaponsmith mm-hmm. abilities. Very little in the way of combat ability. They get melee weapons. They get avoid blow at sixth circle. Takes a while. They get a couple <laughs> of other like graceful exit, arcane mutterings. Multi, yeah, multi-tongue, slough blame. Yeah. So, you know, no spell casting, but they get sort of like all of the knowledge and learning related stuff kind of from those disciplines. That is a character with both weapon history and item history really, really potentially handy to have in a group. Yeah. You toss some charisma on them with their speak language and um, they don't get first impression until a little bit later, mm-hmm. but they would make a decent substitute troubadour. It's yeah. kind of like playing a troubadour with some things swapped out. So you don't have quite as much of the, of the performance aspect of things. Yeah. Which like is no. fair, not necessarily useful in every particular, in, in every campaign, Although, again, that doubled up history talent stuff is nice if you've got a game that's going to be dealing with a lot of magic items. Yeah. If you've got somebody who doesn't mind playing a sort of support character and is not necessarily yeah. going to be up in the front line fighting things, then you're not you're doing place to be. pretty well. Yeah. Not yeah. ideal, but is 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 decent. If you had a character, if you had a player who really wanted to be a, a, a character with a lot of story... And not so much focused on the dice rolling combat thing. You know, this was not a bad place to sync your ideas. Yeah, they also get the research skill, which was only which was a skill in first edition. They do get yeah. research at rank one for free. That character creation it doesn't cost them them anything, but it does their general training times and whatnot cost more because there are so few of them. So that's the sort of thing. Yeah. Overall, I mean, with them for the, for a 10 circle discipline, not a bad put together thing, pretty well balanced, a little bit from, you know, a little from column A, a little column B, a little column C, as far as the combat, the performance, the research, the, the heady braininess you needed to be, to be the, the scholar. It's got the same sort of combat capability, roughly speaking, as the troubadour, which means that they can wield a weapon and they can fight. Yeah. 
but they're not great at it and they're much better suited in in other areas. Yeah, because they couldn't. My problem with the problem, quote unquote, with the traveled scholar was not so much what they got in terms of their abilities. It was more that just conceptually, it seemed a little bit weird that what is something that is more cultural was kind of relegated to a, a particular name giver race in terms of a restriction. And part of that is maybe reflected in the idea that this is cultural in the sense that it is a it is dwarven culture. But I think as Barsave developed as a setting, because this was something that was released fairly early in the line, as Barsave developed as a setting and there was more of a cosmopolitan sense, particularly in the larger settlements, I think the idea of this sort of thing being racially restricted backed off a little bit. I think that was something that kind of grew as the as the game line did. Um, there was yeah. a lot in those very early days that was a lot more segregated in terms of the dwarfs are one thing, the elves are another, you know, in terms of a much more traditional style fantasy setting where you have race as culture. And I think that got blurred, rightfully so, as the line went on. Yeah, fair enough. Because uh, I did take a look at the knack for, or the the, the talent knack for being the scholar. It's, uh, this is open now to any race, yeah. any discipline. It doesn't matter, as it should be. Anybody can be a scholar. That's the whole point. We'd like everyone to do so. Um, but this is a very highly organized and very involved path. So yes. this is going to be one of those, it's a lot of R-O-L-E playing and probably a lot of hashing things out with the game master as far as how much written material do you have to provide <laughs> because the character would be providing a ton of written material. And I'm one of those, if you give, if you, I've always told my players, if you provide me with a character journal that you're actually going to submit to the great library of Thrall, if you actually write it up for me as in first person narrative of your character, I will award legend points for that because yeah. I'm that's that something kind of that's sort of been a feature of the of the game for for a while. Yeah. Yeah, th- and there's also politics involved potentially in playing as yes. a scholar and that is not the politics of ruling nations but no. the politics of academia which anyone in academia <laughs> will tell you is its own cutthroat brand of knife yes. fighting. I think the the recent uh, show The Chair would be a wonderful um, introductory expose on that for anyone. Have not seen it. <laughs> as as someone who kind of grew up around education and private mm-hmm. education, there's a lot of story potential that does not involve stabbing stuff <laughs> that you can get <laughs> from things. I mean grant proposals and oh yes getting funding for your project and various other kinds of things the personality conflicts and you could run a really really interesting game revolving around the the politics and personalities of scholarship and academia in earth dawn yeah it would be a little bit like locker room in that case (laughs) except even bigger (laughs) in some regards. It it would be kind of atypical in a way Mm -hmm. because the stakes would be 
rather different. We've talked about with some of the other paths how the choice of a path can sometimes tell you or clue you into what type of game the player is interested in. Absolutely. If someone is looking at a scholar. Now, the scholar, generally speaking, is a little bit more flexible than Mm -hmm. the horror stalker, for instance. That one sort of being the epitome of we want this game to be about this thing. Yeah. The scholar does have a little bit more flexibility, not necessarily as much as, say, a tail dancer or journeyman. Right, who have a, quite a bit more flexibility in terms of, of the types of stories that they would conceivably be interested in, in getting involved with. But the scholar does have a drive, like there is this topic or this subject or these subjects that they are really interested in and yes. pursuing. It is something that can very heavily influence the character's personality and how they approach the world as all disciplines and paths really should in some regards but this is the one that is clearly like again the the scholar out on the road doing their research trying to find out the truth of things yes yeah there's a lot of story potential there and you know again by making it a path many of the things that kind of needed to be provided in the original flavor version of it Mm-hmm. can be presumed in a lot of cases to likely have been picked up as part of the character's primary discipline. And so the path really just needs to make sure that there are certain things available to either supplement those or to make them available if somebody is somehow approaching this path from a slightly atypical approach. Mm-hmm. A warrior, for some reason, choosing to become a scholar. Yeah you know, would not have a lot of the background and so forth, but might be someone who is incredibly interested in military history or some kind of academic military topic. Very and so, so absolutely could be pursuing that as their focus. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of potential there and and really interesting story hooks that you could provide. Yeah. Like we said, any race, any discipline is your starting point. Uh, but after that, it's, I mean, this is just one, one facet of how to flesh out a character into, this is the stuff that they want to know. This is the stuff they're passionate about. They will research this to the nth degree, anywhere they go, any town, any library, any old care that happens to have books in it, they will be searching for anything. And that's the point. And so, like I said, this is the really cool way to flesh out to Josh's point, what this character really wants to focus on in the middle to higher circles uh, of their life and what they want to you know, be known for. Because not only do you research this, you have to write it up, not necessarily in character, but if you do, you know, points, uh, and then present it to other people for peer, like I said, for peer review. So this is like a medical journal. <laughs> or a scientific journal. Hey, I found this star, or I have this mathematical formula that proves gravity, or whatever. Uh, you know, my peers have to do it, reenact the whole thing, make sure it's legit, and then we get to publish the whole thing. So, uh, to apply to be a scholar, because mostly the scholars aren't going to look for you to say, I think you should come along this way. You have to be driven. This has to be determined from inside who you are as the character, and then you have to go find a scholar to 
look for admission into this group pattern. And this is the driest, most boring way to be inducted into a group pattern because you have to do an admission exam, which is a presentation. You have to edit two other applicants' works, and most of you will fail the first time. And then uh, you don't get to do this again for like a year and a day, which is when you get to take the exams a second time. And it's not just to make... <laughs> Anybody who has done postgrad work will recognize <laughs> this. Yes. Publisher Paris, this is going, this is your dissertation. This is your thesis. Yep, your master's thesis. You need to produce and you need to get up and defend it and all of the yeah. associated work that goes along with it. Yeah. So and it's not just to make the game master be a complete jerk and say, uh, -uh I don't like it. You get to come back in a year and a day, make you waste time. They have exacting standards and they need to be able to show that you have the fire inside you, not God, to actually get up here and want to do this after a failure, because occasionally you're going to be proven wrong with someone else's works and you got to start over. So that's how this has worked uh, as far as you're getting into the path in the first place. Once you're inducted, any after you get through this and you get to like second rank or something, they give you a, a nice little ceremony, maybe a formal dinner, uh, and they give you a formal advisor. This is the, my favorite part for the game master, though, is you get one one advisor to this person. So this is the game master's chance to absolutely make a wonderfully favorite NPC scholar to advise this character that your player is playing. Yeah. This draws so heavily from academia and higher education in terms of the inspirations and ideas and everything that are playing on it. The traveled scholar didn't have a lot of detail. There are dwarves who go out and they travel the land to learn things. And this still maintains that, but also goes, okay, and here is all of the administrative bureaucracy that goes along with that in terms of the Great Library and other places of learning within Barsave. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, people who are going to pursue the scholar as a path are likely to already be individuals who are steeped in that culture and tradition, which again is why you would typically see troubadours and wizards and weaponsmiths to a lesser extent as the primary discipline that yeah. this would be built on top of. Totally. So, uh, as we said, this is probably, like I said, the driest admission into a group pattern that you can possibly come across, uh, cause it does involve, publication, presentation, discussion, defending it, uh, peer review. So, uh, to, to, as what Josh just said, can any discipline do this? Yes. That's the point of the scholar, any race, any discipline. It favors to Josh's point, troubadours, weaponsmiths, wizards, elementalists, nethermancers, your typical bookish people. And those who need to know some kind of history in the first place, like your weaponsmiths and your troubadours. So there you are, uh, our passions part of this, uh, path as well. Yes, they are. As long as they're involved in scholarly pursuits, uh, Minbruge, Yupandal, those two especially, especially because Minbruge is all about um, the law and facts and justice and things. And Yupandal is more about building 
something like a sense of community as in all your peers now get to know this. You get to tell the general community about this thing. So your panel is all about building. And this is kind of that as well. You're building a base of knowledge. And also for Upandal, the academic aspect of engineering and construction, oh. as well as a very strong aspect that would come into play with that. Good in point. fact, I talk quite a bit in past ones about how it's uncommon for a questor to end up following a path like those mm -hmm. tend to rub against each other quite a bit. Yeah. But it actually says here, it, you know, in Mystic Paths book that questors of Upandal and Minbruge are not uncommon among scholars because there is that dedication to the ideals of the passion blends very, very nicely with the dedication to the ideals of knowledge and the pursuit of knowledge and understanding that goes along yes. with it. Those are things that are very, very similar in terms of the, the temperament and personality involved. And so you would, would actually be a, a lot more complementary mm -hmm. because they're in pursuit of the same thing. Whereas in a yeah. lot of other cases, the objective of the path and the philosophy that it pursues and the the dedication of the questor to the passion runs mm -hmm. counter to that. Whereas in this case, at least for a couple of passions, those ideals are pretty strongly pretty parallel. parallel. Yes. Uh, so your initiation is uh, most seekers of this path will find a scholar and, uh, as I said, have to apply before the admissions board as boring and dry as that possibly is. Game-wise and role-playing-wise, uh, you might, I can't say hand-wave that, but that is pretty possible so you don't bore everybody else in the party. <laughs> However, with the right mindset, approaching yes. it the, the appropriate way, I think you could wring a lot of humor out of that, Absolutely. especially if you are playing it in contrast to the typical adventuring life of a player character adept. Again, yes. compare, we'll go back to Indiana Jones, compare oh. Indy, Raiders of the Lost Ark, that yes. moment where he's at the college and doing the teaching and he's doing mm -hmm. the lecture in front of the class, compare that moment to running away from the boulder or Hopping pointing a plane. rocket launcher or the dry academic, or you mentioned the last crusade. Yes. Because they've got not just Indy out on the adventure, but they've got Marcus Brody and yes. his dad as well. The comedy that gets mm -hmm. played f by the contrast between Indy as the action two-fisted pulp hero and the more academically minded and wonderful Sean Connery. Oh yeah. In that role, but also Marcus Brody who got lost in his own museum, who once got lost in his own museum. <laughs> yes. With the right group, with the right mindset, you could have an absolute blast contrasting the dry, supposedly bookish, hidebound bookish higher masters who are back home and interested in the learning, but, you know, contrast that with the dirty job of actually delving into the ruined care to find the pieces of evidence that are going to support your claim 
of, you know, such and such kind of yeah. thing. With the right group, the role playing and, and entertainment potential that is there is just fascinating. The talking about it being so dry and talk about it yes. being so like stuffy and boring, that is said, at least from my standpoint, with a lot of affection and a mm -hmm. lot of good humor because it can get that impression and it just strikes a really nice contrasting tone. Well, it's the dichotomy of all these rough and tumble adventurers now have to go sit down and write the stuff out and defend it verbally instead of using fisticuffs. <laughs> and so things might tend to want to get to fisticuffs, but you really can't do that because you're trying to apply to this group and be nice about it. And so there's that dichotomy. Um, I think Josh is secretly telling us that he wrote this essay. and he's. Really I did not. <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I don't remember who wrote this one offhand. It was a very well done essay. I will say. Oh, yeah. I mean, all of the essays in, in Mystic all, Paths all the are fantastic. Came out, came out great. I don't recall that I actually had to do a lot of punching up work on this one. This one came Fair in enough. like really, really nicely. I think possibly some of the sidebars of dissertations and symposia, I think like yes. one or two of them I might have contributed. Mm -hmm. Things like that, because those are the, the sorts of things that are just fun fun yeah yeah no worries uh so this is the so let's get down to the actual game information since we've talked enough about i think uh the scholar's mindset and how to get into it and exactly what kind of fun you can have with it the commercial you get to actually include into yours um is something more subtle and internal and external and the commercial you, have, you get now get to involve yourself with uh on a day-to-day -day basis is now uh, not just about the motions you're going through or the feelings you have about that but the knowledge the my the minutiae on what that entails and where that comes from and why it's there and so forth one of the things actually that is the case here with the scholar path because one of the requirements to become a scholar is to have a knowledge skill at rank five or better is that rather than being the knowledge path where you get access to a whole bunch of knowledge stuff, yeah. scholars tend to have an area of focus. They've got a field of study that they are really, really knowledgeable in. And so their karma ritual will be adapted or will revolve around that field of study and aspects of that field of study yeah, because either you want to know, because either you want to know a lot about one subject, or a lot about two subjects, or whatever. But you're going to learn a lot about, or at least you should, as far as your character is concerned, learn a lot about that one thing, that two, second thing, that third thing, to be able to talk at length on it and become the expert. As I said, this is your investigative reporting to write your nonfiction book with a uh, bibliography in the back, all these reference notes. Not so much, I wouldn't necessarily say so much investigative reporting. That's kind of a different yeah. approach. Fair, fair. This is the science communicator. This is the Neil deGrasse mm -hmm. Tyson. There this you is go. somebody who would write a book about a topic that they know a lot about. Mm -hmm. And possibly being something that would end up perhaps being popular among 
the citizens of Thrall or something like that. But much more likely would be somebody's PhD thesis that half a dozen people read and only those who are, (laughs) you know, within the field. Yeah. But yeah, the, the investigative reporter is a very different approach. I would not really consider that to be a, an archetype of the scholar. Fair. No, I'm at least as it's presented example. here. Yeah, no, I was giving an example until we could, until we could figure it out and na- nail it down and get that plane to land, which Josh just did perfectly with a Neil deGrasse Tyson reference. Uh, your Sagan. half magic. Yeah. Your half magic ability is of course, uh, to find other scholars and know about the history of scholars. Um, and you can use your perception based half magic for information regarding libraries and other academic institutions and a charisma-based half magic when interacting with the bureaucracy of a library and other academic institutions. So you get twofold perception and charisma based. Yeah. Cause you know how those things work as part of your involvement with the path using half magic as kind of a substitute for things that you should pick up, but we wouldn't necessarily want you to devote resources to fleshing out because it's not strictly necessary. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so this is, so it used to be 10 circles, and then now this is just an add-on to the discipline that you're already following. And so now this is only a maximum rank of five for your scholar. And when you are inducted, you give, of course, get a rank five scholar to be your advisor, rich materials to be drawn, uh, to be created by the game master to have that one NPC that is the advisor to the player character. Uh, and then, so you only get two bonuses, but you do get bonuses because we talked about the journeyman didn't get any, but the scholar gets a, a rank two bonus, which does stack, uh, as a social defense bonus and the rank four bonus mystic defense, which does stack with your discipline as well. So you at least get something for your troubles. So onto your talents, this is the talent options. And this is the fun part, uh, at rank one, two, three and four. So you get four of these choices and we'll get to the new ones at the end. Arcane mutterings, book memory, conversation, item history, read and write language, research and speak language. Yeah. So we talked about earlier, the talents that were available to the original recipe traveled scholar back in first edition. All of these are on it. Research was not a talent in first edition. It was made into a talent later on. And so that becomes available as a talent, but it was a skill available to free at rank one for traveled scholars. These are all things that are really useful to have depending on what discipline you were going into it. Mm -hmm. Obviously, item history makes a lot of sense. Arcane mutterings. All of these things are just just really suitable and flavorful. And if you have not picked them up through the course of your normal discipline, picking them up under your scholar path helps supplement those things and they are all useful in the pursuit of your goal as a scholar. Yeah. And the new one is expansive expertise. This is a fun one. (laughs) (laughs) This is how the scholars knowledge of their chosen subject gets expanded. Mm -hmm. They choose a knowledge skill that they have at least five ranks And for each rank of expansive expertise, so for each rank in that talent, they choose a knowledge skill with at least five ranks, and they can choose the same knowledge skill multiple times. That knowledge skill is their area of expertise, and each rank adds a related knowledge skill 
to the original knowledge skill as part of the area of expertise. What this allows you to do is sort of expand a web of knowledge skills that are related to your primary topic that you don't basically need to buy ranks in those knowledge skills in order to have information about them. There is an example that is given because it really kind of needs an example. So if if a character chooses legends and heroes as their area of expertise, they can then choose ancient weapons as a related field. Hmm. Then they can choose other things, but it needs to be related in some way to that thing to make it easier for the character to know stuff because Mm -hmm. of how it connects to their chosen field and the areas connected to it that they have researched into. If you are playing a character that has multiple high knowledge skill ranks, which is certainly possible. Yeah. If you have put the effort into it, then you can really with this, once you get multiple ranks in it, you can have a pretty extensive. I think one of the things that the third edition version of the traveled scholar did was it allowed you to, substitute half magic for knowledge skills or allowed you to take knowledge skills. There was some kind of thing that was part of that. This is sort of a a revised way of approaching that, that a a scholar would know a lot of stuff, but here's Mm -hmm. a way through sort of the magic that you can expand that web of knowledge without needing to uh, invest lots of time and legend points into learning half a dozen knowledge skills. So basically, it acts like your own expansive little uh, Venn diagram. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. Uh, So at rank five, your last rank, you get one of two different talent options. Take your pick. If you don't already have evidence analysis, it's here for you. And if you do have evidence analysis, then the new talent of applied knowledge is all yours. Yes. This allows the adept, this allows the scholar to transfer their knowledge, which is normally something, oh, you just know it, and allows you to actually convert that into bonuses on doing stuff related to that knowledge. So after you make a successful knowledge test, which needs to be done as a standard action, you then make an applied knowledge test. And if successful, up to applied knowledge rank allies gain plus one per success to a specific action test. Nice. I understand the principles of... We're going to make a rope and pulley system. (laughs) Yeah, well, or like we were on a river journey and or we were, you know, we were on a boat and we ran into a storm and we've kind of run aground and I can use my knowledge of ships to fix the ship and get bonuses to... The, our, our, our tests to to do that. Yeah. The adept, the scholar must impart this knowledge and they and, and the targets must understand the communication, but it doesn't actually need to necessarily make sense. This is the Star Trek techno babble ability. <laughs> this is data or Geordi or any person who is solving a problem on Star We're Trek. Reverse the polarity of the deflector shield and make yeah. it all work. <laughs> Spouting out a bunch of stuff related to their knowledge. The magic of the talent means that the people sort of following their instructions get bonuses to to do the thing, even if they don't completely understand it. And it doesn't obviously it doesn't stack 
but you know, with itself. But it is something that allows somebody who knows to convert that knowledge into a positive action. Need to clear out the Knuton valve and then uh, go bandy about with something over here and it'll work. It'll be great. We're done. So, yeah, it's, it's like Kaylee's techno babble speak about fixing serenity. You know, we've got to regurgitate the confabulator. <laughs> yeah, something like that. In fact, I think the serenity role, the, the serenity role playing game actually had a little table on the babble, the, the, the gobbledygook babble that you could actually have to fix the ship. So, yeah. Yeah, it's techno babble. And it can be I mean, Star Trek is the is the classic thing. Oh, totally. But I'm sure there are examples in like superhero media when you're dealing with techie oriented or magically oriented superheroes like Doctor Strange or oh yes that sort of thing where they're kind Absolutely. of just throwing out random nonsense stuff like that so this is the ability to turn techno babble into bonuses yes it works we like it so that's more or less the scholarly path however as we have done before and we will do so again what kind of knacks are available Josh there is one knack for applied knowledge if they get extra successes on the knowledge test, they get plus two per success from applied knowledge instead of uh, from applied knowledge instead of just plus one. So that's useful. Basically, like it allows you to increase your your bonuses even further. Scholar knacks. Oh, there's a scholar knack yeah. called critical thinking, which they get at scholar rank two, but they need to have expansive expertise at rank five. It allows them to gain their rank in Scholar as a bonus to sensing tests when that is related to their area of expertise. Nice. It is subject to Game Master discretion. And then there are some others where they can spend karma on knowledge tests and so forth. So, yeah, there aren't a lot of knacks available to the Scholar. Again, the Scholar is less about the funky mechanical stuff that you can do with it and more about the mindset and the culture that it is steeped in. Yeah. This, this is more about the mentality of, and so I I think there's would naturally be fewer knacks for that because most of the knacks are about the mechanics. And so this is all about, no, this is the knowledge. And if you can, I mean, those new talents that we talked about, if they already expand your, knowledge base and you can get bonuses out of those knowledge wise that can't hurt so this is uh, obviously a niche it's going to be a niche within earth dawn as it is but it has a place it definitely belongs here and i think it's something that's completely unique to earth dawn as far as the most of the game has a legend and a lore to it and you have to know those things to make your stuff work to make your magic items work make your magic spells work and so there is a special place in anybody's campaign for to add on the scholar path to expand and know all of those other things and get them all to come together if that is the kind of mindset that you have as a player this is phenomenal it is also something that makes sense within the setting within a particular cultural milieu of the setting when it comes to the Mm -hmm. Great Library and other libraries and places of learning that are described in other source books. Even if it is not necessarily something that will be appropriate for any of the player characters in your group, it's still something that is potentially good to have as an NPC that your group might interact with, Um, especially where 
there is, at least on some level, an understanding that your player characters will need to interact with scholars or sages in some capacity in order to learn the key knowledge required to unlock the capability of the thread items that they recovered from the cares they went diving into. Yeah. It's fun, both from a potentially from a player standpoint, again, if you've got a player character, a player who's got the right mindset for it, or as an NPC who can act as a foil or mm-hmm. maybe comic relief, the group might be hired to escort a scholar to a location for some kind of research. Totally. The adventure that I actually wrote for Gen Con this past year, the inciting incident involves a scholar who is doing research on a particular thing and finds something that turns out to be more dangerous than they had suspected. What? No, (laughs) that never happens. Scholars, especially ones who are out in the field, have the tendency of going poking into places that maybe they shouldn't be sometimes. And that is a great (laughs) source of uh, chaos (laughs) and adventure for any campaign, regardless of whether it's one that is focused on the academic minutiae that underpins the scholar as a path. I agree. Any further thoughts on how the scholar got from first to fourth edition or anything else? Because I think this is no. We've we've I think we've one. covered it all. We've covered we've this pretty nicely. The bounty that is the scholar. I <laughs> was trying to come up with some kind of academic related joke or something, but it's late and I'm not able to right offhand. No, my brain's all fried as well. Uh, so folks, if you have any questions for us about the scholar, if you have a dissertation to give us uh, already, if you've actually played a scholar, I would love to hear how you made any and all of this work in your campaign. Be it game master player, give us your opinion of it. Give us your um, instances where you know it has or has not worked or how it worked and or failed. Take your pick. We'll take them all. Uh, and you can write to us at edsgpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, it is time for you to go expand and apply the knowledge of your own legend. Good night, everybody. 